from Preparing Our Hearts for Worship podcast. And hello, Mr. Glenn. Well, hello there, Miss Linda. How are you today? I'm doing good. What do we have on our podcast for today? Today I'm going to play the guitar and do a song composed by B.B. McKinney in 1934. It's called Have Faith in God. Let's review the words to this powerful old song. Have faith in God when your pathway is lonely. He sees and knows all the way you have trod. Never alone are the least of his children. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. He's on his throne. Have faith in God. He watches o'er his own. He cannot fail. He must prevail. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God when your prayers are unanswered. Your earnest plea he will never forget. Wait on the Lord. Trust his word and be patient. Have faith in God. He'll answer yet. Have faith in God in your pain and your sorrow. His heart is touched with your grief and despair. Cast all your cares and your burdens upon him and leave them there. Oh, leave them there. Have faith in God, though all else fails about you. Have faith in God. He provides for his own. He cannot fail, though all kingdoms should perish. He rules, he reigns upon his throne. The great Southern Baptist hymn writer, B.B. McKinney, was assisting in a revival meeting at the First Baptist Church, Muskogee, Oklahoma. Dr. C.C. Morris, pastor of the First Baptist Church, Ada, Oklahoma, was the evangelist during this meeting, January 21st to February the 4th, 1934. The depression of the early 30s had taken a serious toll. Family fortunes and even meager savings had been wiped out unexpectedly as businesses failed and banks closed. In these days of uncertainty, McKinney felt keenly the need of secure faith in God. One evening during the sermon, he began the writing of this hymn. It was completed, both words and music, later that evening after he returned to his room in the Severs Hotel. The manuscript was sent to Robert H. Coleman, who copyrighted it in 1934, and then published it in his Glad Tidings, Dallas, 1935. In the Baptist hymnal of 1956, the tune to Have Faith in God bore the name Muskogee after the town in Oklahoma where it was composed. McKinney served as music editor at the Robert H. Coleman Company in Dallas, Texas from 1918 to 1935. In 1919, after several months in the Army, McKinney returned to Fort Worth where Isham E. Reynolds asked him to join the faculty of the School of Sacred Music at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. He taught at the seminary until 1932. Then he was pastor at Travis Avenue Baptist Church in Fort Worth. In 1935, McKinney became the music director of the Baptist Sunday School Board in Nashville, Tennessee. McKinney wrote the words and music 
for about 150 songs and the music for 115 more. The words of this song are filled with assurance and hope. They inspire faith and trust in the God who no matter what rules and reigns upon his throne. They also serve as a wonderful poetic commentary on Matthew 6, 25-34. Jesus has encouraged us to store up treasures in heaven and not on earth. He has told us money and the enticements of this world must not be our priorities. In faith, focusing on heavenly treasures, being characterized by generosity, and refusing to allow materialism to compete with one's devotion to God should free the disciples from many of their anxieties. It is failure to view riches and possessions from a proper perspective that promotes anxiety in this life. Anxiety and worry can be emotionally and physiologically paralyzing. They are spiritual thieves that rob us of joy, peace, sleep, and a thousand other things. Matthew six twenty-five through thirty-four is Jesus's spiritual prescription for the spiritual illness and disease. Actually, worry is only the symptom of the disease. At its core, is a heart of little faith. Jesus lays out for us specific teaching that help us free from paralyzing anxiety, an antidote to worry. God will take care of our food. The great battles of Christian life are fought in our minds and between our ears. This is certainly the case when it comes for the sin of worry. And yes, worry is a sin because it is a symptom of unbelief. Jesus tells us the cure for worry is changing the way we think about our Heavenly Father and how he takes care of his children today, right now. Jesus begins by saying, don't worry. This is a present imperative, a command calling for constant and continuous action. The sense is probably, stop worrying. And what is it that we are worrying about? Quite simple, life. To be specific, stop worrying and don't worry about what you will eat, what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Jesus then raises a rhetorical question to drive home his point. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? And of course the right answer is, yes, of course it is. Life needs these things, but life is so much more than these things. Theologically, God is sovereign, and your life, every life, is in his hands. Biblically, God has numbered your days. God has determined both the moment of one's birth and the moment of one's death. Consider the following scripture, Deuteronomy thirty-two thirty-nine: See now that I alone am he. There is no God but me. I bring death and I give life. I wound and I heal. No one can rescue anyone from my power. There are no accidents in his plan. He knows who we are. He knows what we need. He loves and cares for each one of us individually. He will be sure to give us everything we need to fulfill his purpose and will 
in our lives. We will receive all that is necessary for His glory and our good. He knows the end from the beginning. He plans each step of the way to fulfill His purpose for you and through you. You will have all you need to fulfill that purpose. And when that is accomplished, you'll be taken home to be with Him. Why worry when your life is in His hands? Your worry is a sign that you do not adequately know Him or that you do not trust Him or have not yielded to Him as you ought to. It is only when we want to take our lives out of the Father's hands and have them under our own control that we find ourselves gripped with anxiety. The secret of freedom from anxiety is freedom from ourselves and abandonment of our own plans. But that spirit emerges in our lives only when our minds are filled with the knowledge that our Father can be trusted implicitly to supply everything we need. Jesus asked, And why do you worry about clothes? Observe how the wildflowers of the field grow. They simply and naturally grow. He continues, They don't labor or spin thread. Jesus continues, Yet I tell you that not even Solomon and all his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you, you of little faith? The answer is he will. Worry is energized by little faith. It's an expression of doubt in God's knowledge, strength, or compassion. God calls it unbelief. Either we think God isn't there, or he is there but he doesn't care, or that he is not powerful enough to be counted on. The great prayer warrior counters all of this when he says, The beginning of weary is the end of faith. The beginning of faith is the end of weary. God will take care of all your needs. Worry is foolish on so many levels. Worry never solved a problem, never dried a tear, never lifted a burden, never removed an obstacle. It never made bad things good or good things better. Why? Well, one answer is this. It puts you in the camp of the unbelievers. It puts you on the level of pagans, Gentiles, unbelievers, who eagerly seek all these things. They have a laser beam focus on what they eat, drink, and wear. In essence, Jesus equates worry with idolatry. What I eat, drink, and wear becomes my primary concern and my first priority. These become things I eagerly seek. These become my gods, which makes them idols. Now think for a moment how foolish this is. It borders on the absurd. These false gods can't talk, hear, see, or do a thing. They are deaf, dumb, blind, and important. In stark and startling contrast, the one true and living God is a talking God. He hears everything. He sees everything. He can do anything. Your Heavenly Father, the God of Heaven, is our Father. We need daily to remind ourselves of this wonderful truth. 
your heavenly Father, the sovereign God of the universe and of our heaven. Father, he is Abba, Daddy. He sees me and knows me in the most tender and intimate way through Jesus, my Lord. Your heavenly Father knows you. My heavenly Father knows me. He is not ignorant nor indifferent to my needs in this life. He knows, he sees, he cares. He knows that you need him. My heavenly Father knows precisely and exactly what I need. He knows what I want, but his attention is on what I need. The promise in Philippians 4.19 comes calling with joy, unspeakable. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Jesus Christ. Jesus again used the present imperative as a word of commanding for continuous action. But constantly seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Seek God's rule and reign above all other things in your life. Seek his righteousness, a daily and practical righteousness that he unveiled for us. Be active and be aggressive. Go for God and his kingdom with all that you have and watch him take care of everything that you need. God has called us to live today, right now, for him. Focus on today and watch anxiety disappear. If and when tomorrow comes, be assured each day has enough trouble of its own. It is as if Jesus recognizes that there will be some unavoidable worry today, after all. But let's limit it to the concerns of today. Our gracious God intends us to take one step at a time, no more, to be responsible today and not fret about it tomorrow. Each day has enough trouble of its own, and if there will be new troubles tomorrow, so also will there be fresh grace. At different times, Jesus rebuked his disciples for the lack or lapse of faith they had. Faith was and is one of the demanding requirements for Christian living. Without faith, we cannot even comprehend, apprehend him. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Hebrews 11.6 Faith is not always understood. There may be times when it appears in scriptures as it is simple trust or great confidence. At other times, it may appear as a dynamic force. So faith along with love, so faith along with love is the great fundamental of the Christian life. Before one details the benefits of faith, we must understand the lack of faith. For one thing, the lack of faith produces fear. Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? Jesus asked, after being awakened on board the ship on the stormy sea. Mark 4:40. Jesus soon got at the root of the problem, unbelief. 
among many other things, lack of faith will also rob us of power. It's no wonder the disciples asked, Why could we not cast him out? To which Jesus answered, Because of your unbelief. Matthew seventeen nineteen twenty. Our song today shares the spiritual reasons we need to learn to exercise our faith in God. When our daily road becomes lonely, we're not alone because He knows everywhere we go and He is with us as we travel on. God is on His throne of power while He watches over us. He is all-powerful and cannot fail. As we travel the road to heaven, sometimes we feel like our prayers are unanswered, even when we're earnestly asking. He's not forgotten. He can see the big picture, and he knows the outcome. He knows best, and remember, he's also the teacher of patience. When we are in pain of our heart and burdened with sorrow, his heart is touched too. He feels all of your grief and pain. He understands. We can take our burdens to Him, and He will lighten our load. I know I have had times when everything around me was falling apart, and I can't see my way out. i got to admit that that's a problem for me. I'm a problem solver. I'm a self-sufficient one. I feel better when I'm doing something about whatever I see coming that might be a problem. I like being in control. That's my human nature. I need to remember he is in control, that even when kingdoms fall, he provides. He rules and he is on his throne. I needn't be anxious. I can rest in him. Matthew six twenty-five through 34 Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what should we wear? For after all, these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. If you have no idea what we're talking about here today, let me ask you about your faith in Christ. Do you know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? Have you trusted him with your eternal life? Have you asked him forgiveness of your sin and trusted him for your salvation? None of these benefits we have talked about 
are yours if you haven't. Believe on him this day and you will be saved. Now let's listen to Glenn as he plays Have Faith in God on the guitar. nice to have you with us again on the Preparing Our Hearts for Worship podcast. Our program is part of the Glenn Dawson Evangelistic Association, a nonprofit 501c3 organization dedicated to sharing the gospel to the world. We're located in Lexington, Kentucky. We're on here every week looking at the old-time hymns, the authors, and events related to the writing of their songs. We hope you enjoyed the program this week. We'd love to hear from you. Write us on Facebook or whatever platform you hear us on. If that doesn't work, leave us a note on our webpage at www.glendawsonea, all one word, dot com. That's G-L-E-N-N-D-A-W-S-O-N-E-A dot C-O-M. Listen to our music by searching the web for the music of Glenn Dawson. Click the like button wherever you hear us. Hey, we'll be looking forward to seeing you again next week on Preparing Our Heart for Worship podcast. Love y'all. Bye Bye for for now. now.